Welcome to the Frequency Horizon. Arrived at the intersection of sky, sea, and sound. Hey, it's Drew from the Frequency Horizon. Here's Big Pig Switch. Back in a sec. floored Victorian mansion in Santa Cruz. I can hear intermittent organy experimentations through the walls. The midday light illuminates half the leaves of a tree outside, with the rest cast in pleasant solitude. This is a place where so much of what we love best about our culture originated, or so a homie who should know told me recently. I'm not just talking about the OG hippie tales of yore from Hunter S. Thompson and the like, those now preserved carefully in the UCSC library. I'm not talking about the skate brand namesake with global resonance, but actually more about the heady West Coast bass strains of the sort that survived the EDM overbearance of recent days. I'm just trying to get some drums set up, Arumi says in passing. It's a fucking process. And that's just how everything is now, isn't it? A whole process. It should kind of be the motto of our era, shouldn't it? As I write this, Santa Cruz County is slipping backwards on the scale of how well it's combating the novel coronavirus. But we're still ahead of Los Angeles, which I just left a few days ago. Despite setbacks, we all have the chance to take important steps forward in ways we've always wanted. 
and maybe for the first time ever. The doors have been knocked off the traditional establishments, the bouncers have been furloughed. Things are wide open right now, bad as they might seem, and it's up to you to take notice. It's up to you to step through those unguarded entryways to your future. And for all you forced to be at home during the pandemic, or just voluntarily stuck there because there's nothing better going on, we've got a fantastic show lined up for you. It's my first guest session for Dub Lab, episode 112, if you've been keeping track, and I couldn't be more excited. We gotta do this one right. The frequency horizon is that ephemeral space between intriguing audio waveforms, inspiring visual phenomena, and surf-style oceanic bliss. Thanks for joining. In this episode, we'll connect with the kids from all gas, no breaks, as they catalog the Black Lives Matter movement while undergoing their own transition. We're featuring an awesome interview with ambient and melodic techno maestro Christian Loeffler, touching on everything from a Nathan Fake collab, his obsession with light, and his passion for painting. I was not so much into dance music, I would say. We'll take you with us to Tijuana, Mexico, as they begin to open the beaches once again, finding ourselves face to face with the authorities. Plus, we've got a bevy of liquid and jump up drum and bass tracks, some house, techno, and necessary slow down sections with a few experimental numbers thrown in for good measure. We're gearing up for a hopefully mind-blowing, impactful episode that will keep you going in the hours and days ahead because this is the Frequency Horizon. You know you can expect no less. The background music there was OTT, maybe Ott, Smoke Glass, and Chrome. Let's start off with Bop and Subwave doing lo-fi romance. Do you like my lo-fi effect on the mic there to go with the song, huh?
Next up, it's Bachelors of Science. Echo Zoo and MC Dre ride the wave. If you want to see some epic wave riding up in Santa Cruz here, possibly some more from down in Mexico, head over to our YouTube. Just search up Frequency Horizon. You should be able to find it. We just started it. We'd appreciate any love you show us over there. Or we'll follow back. Why not? Shout out to Thought Pocket, Breezy, Goche Damien Photography, and as always, Roper Vision and Amy Chen. Give them a follow if you have a sec. And in terms of the SoundCloud scheme of things, a big hello to our new follower, When the Mountains Turn Blue. These guys are acid noise punk out of North Florida. We've got Solid State giving us love, all the way from Mozambique, and Hiromi Yoshida, who calls Kumagaya Japan home. And by the way, I noticed, has been tapping into the frequency horizon for quite some time now. And thank you, of course, to all my brand new DubLab listeners. It's so cool that there's a radio station like DubLab out there that's pushing the boundaries in their own way, keeping it terrestrial on the one hand, but of course, allowing creators to take risks in the new digital sphere. That was Bachelors of Science, EcoZoo, 
Seco Zoo. Hmm? And then see Dre ride the wave. I mean, you knew I had to play that one. More than almost any other thing about this podcast, I've actually been really looking forward to throwing it back to this classic track that I just rediscovered through bass drive, actually. And um, I can't help but think how perfect of a track it is. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm talking, of course, about this little juicy morsel, DJ Marky and Spy with Mystic Sunset. You may have heard this before, too. Just take a second to, like, appreciate how well it stands up, production-wise, sentiment-wise, and just as a dose of pure bliss in the middle of trying times, right? Shout out to the Brazilians. We're not going to make it into South America this episode. But we do make it to Mexico. Stick with us and you'll find out how. See the horizon, all that summer is here.
So on top of getting stopped multiple times by the authorities down in Mexico, which you have to look forward to, we're delving into the mind of the melodic techno and house devotee, Christian Loeffler. A little further down the road in this one. We've even got some mini sonic experimentation coming your way as well. Sunset. What's up? This is Cut Chemist, and you are checking out Frequency Horizon. This next one just slaps so hard. I just wanted to change up the vibe and throw it in before we get too involved in the back and forth interviews and whatnot. We're talking about Black Lives Matter in a second. To some extent, it's from a surf perspective as well. So that's coming up, but. For now, let's just hit some four on the floor for a bit, right? It's X and G control. little ditty those of you who don't that's a sample of George Floyd's MC skills you know from before he was brutally murdered setting the world alight and all that on the main I ain't tripping said by the sipping 
Leaning on the motherfucking switch while I'm pimping. Calling up these hoes. Riding on Vos. Lil D acting bad. That's DJ Screw, Big Floyd featuring Chris Ward and AD. Sitting on top of the world. That's in back in the game. I'm gripping grain. Lil D causing pain. Haters going over on our recently launched YouTube page. You may have noticed we've been following the ins and outs of the Black Lives Matter movement from witnessing the looting in LA's Fairfax district. He said, I couldn't breathe how many times. It happened to all of our great leaders as a special and valuable. They killed them all. To getting shot at by tear gas munitions on multiple occasions. Bringing you glimpses of the world we might not be able to quite fit into the podcast. I'll totally follow back, so if you guys end up subscribing, let me know, okay? We even recorded a segment on how SoCal surfers responded to the racial equality wave. More bodies in the water showing awareness to um, the fact that people want change their police brutality and the institutions that oppress people. I can remember when I was first starting to catch waves and getting really good, I can remember I had to develop a voice right away to scream, I got it, it's mine, my wave, my wave. <laughs> And recently, while at the Whole Foods checkout in Santa Cruz, I was stoked to see Surfer Magazine. It featured just such a paddle out on its cover. It's nice to have these alternative voices helping tell the story of one of the greatest cultural shifts of our time. Because despite the wall-to-wall coverage from the mainstream TV outlet, there's sometimes a nuance that's lost when it's so clear they're pandering to a specific audience much of the time. And that's where we have to tip our hats to perhaps the most necessary, beloved, boundary-pushing YouTubers of our generation. I'm speaking, of course, of All Gas No Breaks, with tens of millions of views, they're doing something right. And if you read the comments on Reddit posts of their videos, it's pretty clear they've struck a major chord because the kids out there love not being talked down to, and I guess people can't help but feel refreshed when they see someone calling it like they see it, instead of using that rhythmic but utterly banal newspeak we've just become so used to. Here they are in Portland this summer. What are you doing this? I have nothing better to do. No, Black Lives Matter, dude. Fuck Trump. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. Essentially. We're just fucking slaves. I believe black liberation will lead to everybody's liberation and I hate the fucking feds and the police. Wealth de- redistribution, mental health. Oh, that's just a firework, yo. Portland, we getting lit, it's already cool. Do you want them to leave? Yeah, them to get the fuck out of my town, yes. I love that. Like me, the All Gas No Breaks host, Andrew Callahan, used to hitchhike through the US Midwest, turning some of his travel experiences into zine content. And I love how, despite serving hella laps up on their YouTube channel, they're more in the business of giving characters a platform to explain what they're all about, instead of making fun of their ideology, which, in my opinion, is the low-key modus operandi behind so much of the news content out there these days, which I'm not behind. You know, no need to mock people. So after stocking up with about $50 worth of old books at the last bookstore in downtown Los Angeles, I happened upon their crew at a hipster bar owned by a former boss of mine in Echo Park. I actually felt a bit nervous, I'm not going to lie, because at that very moment I realized these guys are as worthy of journalism idol status as almost anyone out there today. And from an H3 podcast, I knew they'd likely just moved to the city I was trying to exit. That arrived just in time to be part of the Dodgers' big push for the World Series, which was on TV in the picnic table parking lot setup. 
I was reading The White Album by Joan Didion, which references the historic struggle for black equality and countercultural music recording on Sunset Boulevard, just a few miles west of where we were drinking. I wish I'd read the thin volume when I first moved to LA, and I realized they could benefit more from it than I could. So I introduced myself, ultimately gave it to them, and in return, they were kind enough to grace these podcast waves with a hilarious shout-out. I uh, do the Frequency Horizon podcast, which, as I was explaining to these guys earlier, it's all about you never know what frequencies are going to come across your horizon, electronic music, waves, whatever. And yeah. you've now just touched down uh, with a, in uh, one of the best places in the world, the West Coast. And I was wondering if you could just go ahead and uh, yeah, yeah. introduce yourself. Yo, 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 this is Turkey with the stuff in AK All Gas No Breaks. I'm a big fan of high frequencies and horizons, and I'm so excited to be in Echo Park, holding it down, sipping brews, doing much more, but it's so dope to be on right now. So thank you for the invite. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, obviously I just caught up with your uh, Proud Boys shit you just put up there a couple days ago. Yeah, yeah. How does it feel to, like, consistently, like, you know, on a very, like, low-key effort, like, continually best the mainstream media at their own game? Fuck mainstream media. Don't believe the lies of CNN or on the other side. Everyone's lying to you. What you got to do is only fuck with all gas and breaks. The only people telling you what's going on. That's so true. And, uh, you know, that's why, you know, you got to go pedal to the metal. Exactly. But, like, why don't we take a second, Andrew, and give your uh, your crew some credit. What is so special about these guys that back you up all the time? My guy Nick be taking the gnarliest shits in the world. And my guy Evan... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, lose it. Okay, Nick. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Nick can't come on the podcast because he's represented by uh, a management company, but... Okay, all right, uh, all right, all right. All right. Do you want to come cool. on the mic? Uh, so basically, before Nick learned out that he was allergic to dairy, he had a problem. Oh, yeah, that's a big problem. But but now he's, he's the cleanest on the team, uh, absolute cleanest, best dressed, arguably most in shape. Uh, <laughs> Best. That's a fact. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's the most. He's the most in shape. He, he has the best hats of any of us. Evan's strengths is organization. Evan always knows when I'm gonna wake up. I take crazy shits and Evan is organized. No, you have dope hats and Evan's organized. Evan has foot. Okay. If we want to get negative, Evan has foot odor as well. No, no, I, do, I dealt with my foot odor. Okay, he had foot odor before we got a package from Manscaped, manscaped.com, best in the business. That's true. Like, you got to represent the sponsors. Yeah. you got to, like, uh, keep it Manscaped and everything else. Yeah, of right? course, it's so man. important. Yeah. You know, we weren't taught that necessarily in school, you know. We were taught so many things, a lot of it bullshit, but... Uh, you know, we are taught in school that I don't understand why. Why do I know so much information about the Chinese dynastic cycle? Ask me that. Really? Because I felt the opposite. I feel like I actually just wrote in my fucking journal tonight how I wasn't taught enough about the Chinese dynasty. I was forced to learn about the Qing dynasty, the Han dynasty, so many dynasties they taught me about in school every day, every year. Really? We had to revisit the Chinese dynastic cycle no, every clearly. year. Well, you'd be in math and they start talking about the Han dynasty's downfall. Right. And wow. I think it's time for so electronic much, music to stop that. Can you put the mic on Maddie real quick? Put the mic on Maddie. Maddie? What's up? Maddie's my favorite bartender. We're at the Holloway Echo Park, Los Angeles. This is Frequency Horizon. What does Maddie have to say to my uh, podcast, uh, Frequency Horizon followers? Live your best life out there, okay? Yeah. All when right. Maddie says it's time to go, trust me, it's time to go. <laughs> and when the Dodgers ended up making it all several days later, I was glad to see Andrew out there taking in the decades of pent-up baseball angst, pouring itself out in drifting and donuts. You're listening to Frequency Horizon, the best podcast in San Diego. This is All Gas, No Breaks, signing out. We'll actually end up passing through San Diego before getting pulled over on the other side of the border later in the episode. But now let's play a hype internet clip that deserves its due as straight up drum and bass. This is SFM Time Traveler. (laughs) 
SFM, Time Traveler. Next up, we got Avalanches, Wherever You Go, featuring Jamie XX, Nina Cherry, and Calypso. step out of our solar system into the universe seeking only peace and friendship to teach if we are called upon to be taught if we are fortunate we know full well that our planet and all its inhabitants i should like to extend the greetings of the government and the people to the extraterrestrial inhabitants
a former guest on the Frequency Horizon. I knew it was, would be time for me to go and for uh, kind young people to, to co-manage uh, the next steps. Cancer ultimately took his life earlier this year, but along his path, he helped many a youth, and in his words, which have since adopted, neo-colonial refugees. He did that through the de facto rainforest shelter and eco-village called Poolsland he owned, up in Canada there, where I stayed at multiple points. We're in transition, we, we, we all have to make choices every day. Uh, Western culture is so seductive, all the products available, and, and, and reading labels, finding what's in them and, and how far they've come, and, and to support local uh, producers. He was a complicated oddball, definitely, but ahead of the curve in many ways living his life in accordance with the French philosophies that are now coming into the mainstream. All over the world and proven, uh, well proven, how important the hallucinogen family is to supplement our own neural network uh, in mini and micro doses, as well as um, heroic doses, as uh, Terence McKenna put it, that to, to get a, a, another real objective look at and, and, and feeling for who we are and what we're doing. RIP Michael. This segment is actually about a different local who died during the COVID lockdown season. Not from the coronavirus itself, when he brutally took his own life with the power tool. So yeah, it's with a heavy heart that we honor the life of Dylan Roberts, one of the earliest supporters of the Frequency Horizon. I folded tarps for him, hauled cement down the dock and into the hull of the harbor master's boat when he told me to. I pissed him off so many times with my admittedly bratty approach to punching the clock in the gnarled west coast paradise of Tofino Yuculet on the Pacific side of BC's Vancouver Island. We both had been clasped up in its powerful clutches. And now, Dylan Roberts, my beloved cantankerous contractor boss man, low-key rainforest hippie shepherd, a true local if there ever was one, and my friend, is dead. When you share the same potent dream with someone, like wanting to spend winters in a green-gray paradise, hunkered down through the rains alongside a few thousand people, after the whale watchers have returned to their corporate jobs in Munich, San Francisco, and Shanghai, you share an understanding. Whether he did so consciously or not, Dylan had a knack for finding people on the verge of giving up on that dream and keeping them from sinking into the darkness, cloaked by heavy-laden cedars. With tourist town wages generally in the minimum wage range, the around $17 per hour for good honest labor he offered was a chance at hope. Like you might finally be able to afford a wetsuit without holes for once. Or maybe you could get a surfboard with enough volume to catch those smaller, summer waves. He had a true gift for woodworking. He was a talented photographer. And he really seemed like he was enjoying fixing my surfboards with me. As we snagged the chemical precursors from one of his job sites, both of us were equally thrilled with the prospect of teaching ourselves a quintessential surf town skill. To me, it meant something to not just buy some made-in-China solution to a wave-based problem. Instead, we used scissors to cut up fiberglass batting that would have normally gone towards boat repairs. We watched YouTube how-to videos, and we experimented with creative filler options. Of course, we got high in the process, accidentally on resin, intentionally on quality BC bud, and we swapped out sandpaper grades on the grinder when needed. Oh, so legit. Thanks to Dylan, I found a way to achieve a personal mission 
I'd been aiming at for so long. The creative surf bum existence. <laughs> and for him, it was a chance to push the boundaries of familiar materials. He seemed to be in a sort of bliss figuring it all out, like a kid in a candy store. My boards were so beat up at the time anyways, it didn't really matter if we failed. The repairs were easily the best surfboard fixes I've ever accomplished. I just wish he would have been able to figure out how to fill the hole in his own life. But you know the one he never told me about? He got involved in local politics as a concerned resident, always hitting up Mayor Josie Osborne with ideas. Now she's picked up the gig on the provincial level, congrats. And he was one of the most loyal listeners of the local radio station, run by Cam Dennison. Dylan was, was really fascinating and multifaceted. He was a very intelligent person. He was very empathic. He was compassionate. That's Cam, my previous radio boss man. He'd listen to punk, even if he didn't dig it, but he'd listen to it, and then he'd think about it, then he'd talk about it. I love that. I love that. If it wasn't for COVID-19, he would not have killed himself. That limiting of his social experience caused him to go so deep inside. I'm not really sure why he would have ever chosen to hurt himself, and I'm so sorry that he did. It breaks my heart every day. I've been thinking about Dylan a lot these past few days, especially with the recent news of the death of techno artist Ayo, who was one of the producers who made the last track I played on the previous episode of my podcast. Although the cause of death wasn't immediately clear in that situation, Ayo had been pretty public about struggling with serious mental health challenges. And it made me think of a homemade flyer posted to a community bulletin board in the days after Dylan killed himself. Past May 15th, 2020. It read, We are sending love and light your way and hope that you have finally found peace. We will miss your warm smile, your helping hand, a lesson of compassion to all. When you see someone struggling, reach out and say hi. Listen and see if there's anything to do to support. During this COVID time, we are all trying to stay our distance and separate ourselves, but we are all in this together. And then at the end, it says, we care, humans protect humans and all life is important. And then in bold letters, please don't fall into darkness alone. For Dylan's quirks and all we remember, we are all beautiful, remarkable, unique, loving humans, and everyone's life is important and irreplaceable. Recorded this synth jam session back when I lived in a trailer in Tofino. I just kind of I thought it might be appropriate to have as the background music here. I miss you, dude. Thanks for always being there for me. And uh, you know my idea of the Frequency Horizon podcast. Four A's left on this very podcast. 
I've been really looking forward to playing this track for quite some time. It's not the first time we played it on our show. You might recognize it. It's Mark System Optics. Marcus Visionary, and you're listening to Frequency Horizon. about this that sticks with me. We got Rain and Jolie with Patchwork. This reminds me of skateboarding around the streets of suburban Washington DC, which you can see a little video about on our YouTube there. Shout out to MJ back from Iran. Hope you're doing good. Keep up your crime scene investigation studies. They could come in handy one day, you never know.
patchwork. And by the way, Rain, I know you've got a lot going on, but I just wanted to send you a burst of energy to get through whatever that next like creative push that you're trying to make is. Peace. That right there is the sound, you guessed it, of a dental drill etching into one of my teeth. In order to transition to NorCal life, I first had to get some dental work done. And since the coronavirus crisis had backed up most dental offices for months, I had to figure out a unique way to double up on appointments. Luckily, you could get good work done fast and cheap down in Mexico according to a woman I'd met while rooming at a place along the Palos Verdes Peninsula south of LA. And it couldn't be worse than the Persian dentist who actually broke one of his tools and sprayed water on me in the middle of a cleaning in North Redondo. I'd heard visitors were allowed into Mexico despite the pandemic. But after the last time, when our vehicle was x-rayed while heading down for a surf trip to Todos Santos, way back in episode 15, I was surprised to see how easy it was to get in. I mean, not only was there no line when me and my German roommate Sebastian crossed late at night, but no one even stopped us or tried to look at our passports. Just a few bright flashes of light, presumably capturing our license plate, and off we went. Suddenly, we were in a totally different world. Rugged roads, stray dogs, and tons of police everywhere. We ended up following a camouflage Hummer westbound, hugging the border as we headed to our beachside Airbnb. We ascended a hillside and came to a stop behind the Mexican military vehicle. All right, so we're at a checkpoint. I think we can maybe, maybe go around. Maybe we're just gonna wait It felt like we were in Iraq or something as these guys with guns started approaching us. Shoot off uh, the other lane. Oh, it's a checkpoint. It is actually a checkpoint. I have two, okay, I have two beers, I have two beers, yeah. What? Two bottles of beer? Yeah, no, no, two, two cans of beer. I didn't want to spark an international incident because I'd lied to the federales and, and refused to come clean or something. You, you, want to, you want me to take it out? For sure. Okay. Oh, some people with the COVID, they say leave it in. You know. Luckily, our main man there was on a pretty frequency horizon tip. Okay, Andrew, pull over to the right. Okay. We're going to make an alcohol test. An alcohol test. Yep. Sounds good. Go ahead. The papers. One second, sir. One second, sir. How's the night been tonight so far? Oh, it's been good. Right on, man. Uh, the weather is awesome. Mm -hmm. I can I can hear the beach. You can? <laughs> no, I can't, but I know it's over there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good thing, right? You're so close, right? It's just over the hill, you know. Right. We appreciate you looking out for the community, sir. Oh, no, it's it's a job. So. Yeah. Do you do you surf at all? Surf? No, but I like to swim, and I know I know how to swim. So. Yeah. Me too. 
That's where I stop. Nothing like swimming in the ocean. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. What kind? If you don't mind me asking, I'm just curious. What kind of a gun is that? Oh, uh, this is a ARX. ARX. A Bushmaster. Bushmaster. Uh, 2.23. 2.23. Sweet. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, Andrew. Yeah. Follow me. Okay. Step out. Our moderator Andrew is getting alcohol tested by the Mexican police. Because we are coming from downtown Tijuana. I kind of felt bad for the police there down in Mexico. Anywhere else. Giving breathalyzers. Frontline for sure. Especially when the drunk people might have COVID-19 as well and might not blow directly into the little straw thing. I tried my best though. But they were wearing gloves and they seem to be taking it pretty seriously. So. That comforted me. Obviously I passed and we were on our way after a very interesting, unexpected intersection with the Mexican authorities. Gracias, señor. All right. I just converted a Mexican policia to a future surfer. And I told him about a surf spot that I, uh, I went to down in uh, in Ensenada previously. I just shat my pants in my own car for the first time. <laughs> he shat his pants and uh, here we are, making it happen. This guy pretended he could he could hear the ocean, but we're about to hear it for ourselves, so it's time to make it happen. It's pretty cool that I picked the war remix of Mystic States Evermore to go with this little story, right? As we talk about pretty badass guns with a pretty badass Mexican military dude just meters away from the symbolic border wall. And we'll get into that a little later. And of course we still have our Christian Loeffler interview coming up. And a quality surf session too. Mexico at the uh, recently opened beach. How would you describe the scene? Um, sparsely populated beach. We have a beautiful sunset coming up. You can see some islands in the distance. A lot of birds swimming on the water. Not many people. Very relaxing. All right, I'm gonna head out there, see what I can do. For your listening pleasure, we're going to keep the TJ Ocean sounds going in the background as the camera rolls. Meanwhile, we're going to play Nelver and Ian Urbina, Ocean of Rain. This is a more recent track that's now come out as part of the Outlaw Ocean Project that journalist Ian Urbina has been using to highlight abuses at sea that we focused an entire episode of the podcast on pretty recently. You can check out all our old episodes over on the SoundCloud, my interview with Ian's on episode 110, FYI. He just doesn't stop releasing fire tracks. He's gonna have to turn this into a legit record label at some point. And it's all for a good cause, you know? Of course, we weren't out at sea, so 
the laws of Mexico still apply to us. And, and you'll hear that here in the background as my buddy gets an earful from the beach patrol. And then a little later on, when we worry that we might not make it back to the United States, we'll understand if you just stick with us. Three months 
and five days old. Not gentlemen, but little doggy. Some beautiful mochettes at the beach. So we're going to take a little video of them. Sneaky. Over here, might as well. So now back to the DJ. Just behind this rock wall. The ocean. The only person swimming in the ocean. Well, they should have told us in English, right? <laughs> yeah, they didn't tell us in English, so how do we know for sure that we're supposed to stop surfing, right? Whenever I have the camera pointed at you, there are no wings. So Sebastian encounters the little doggies and chats with the Mujeres on the beach, and as I try to get a read on the more infrequent larger sets, we're going to play Urban Dawn, Sleeping Awake. pretty active, but in the end, they let me surf until sunset, which was lucky for me on that two to three foot day down in TJ, because to be honest, that's how long it took for me to line up one half decent ride. No shame. It always takes at least one session to figure out where the peaks are, particularly on beach breaks. You know that. Plus, I knew the swell was no better in Los Angeles at that time anyways. And it's always awesome when you get an entire lineup to yourself. And there were some beautiful hollow rollers coming through every now and again. Just witnessing it was pretty rad. The rest of the trip went off pretty much without incident. And I have to say, the service at Washington Dental was fantastic. I almost felt like I was down at a resort, you know, Minus the hacking away at my teeth and everything. My mouth is going numb from what I assume is lidocaine. Because I'm about to get some dental work done. Should be fun. Two crowns coming right up. 
just felt nice, though, to be out of the California mindset. It was as if by entering a new country, we'd instantly escaped a polarized political climate and tapped into more vibrant international flows. More on that later. I even managed to get this synth jam session in at the Hacienda. But it wasn't the last time we'd end up being interrogated by deadly serious representatives of the Mexican government. But first, we've kept you waiting long enough. Here's part one of my conversation with Christian Loeffler, a German DJ whose laboratory for creating signature melodic techno, lavished with ambiance, is located along the southern edge of the Baltic Sea. On November 4th, he released the first track in a four-song digital EP honoring the legacy of Beethoven, called Parallels. In his work, he ties recordings of vocalists, organic instrumentation, and synthetic as well as found sounds together, managing to tap into a wide range of emotions, from mournful to hopeful. This guy's got a lot going on. He dropped a lockdown mix mix set earlier this year as part of their The Lab Home Sessions livestream series. In September, he released a Nathan Fake remix of his song Roth off his full-length lease, which dropped a few months back. And Sebastian and I definitely had some of Loeffler's mixtapes playing in the background while sipping cervezas at the Airbnb Hacienda. Hey, how's it going? Can you hear me now? All right. And this is for the My Frequency Horizon podcast, and this will be my first guest episode on Dublab Radio, which I'm very excited about. Have you have you heard of Dublab before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just checked out your your profile on Instagram and your podcast. Looks oh, yeah? really cool. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a labor of love that I started back in uh, Vancouver Island, and uh, you know when I used to live there and at a community radio station. I've actually continued it now that I've moved to California. I was in Los Angeles for a few years, and I've just now moved to Santa Cruz. Have you ever been out here? Okay, nice. Have you ever been out to Santa Cruz? It's just, it's like no, a... I've never been there. I've just been to LA. I just played in LA twice, but I haven't seen, yeah, San Francisco, but I haven't seen anything else from California so far, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I don't know, an hour outside of San Francisco. A lot of electronic music fans here, including my roommates, my new brand new roommates, are very into electronic okay. music, and they were very excited to hear that I was going to be interviewing you, so... Thanks for taking the time with me. Hey, sure, sure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Drew. <laughs> so, uh, I know the skateboard, the skateboard brand. Yeah, it's it's super huge, and um, I kind of want to maybe interview them, maybe on a future podcast or something like that. But uh, I'll leave that for another day because today we have Christian Loeffler here with us on the Frequency Horizon podcast. Welcome, Christian, and here we are. Uh, it's my first episode for Double Lab Radio. And we're right here at the intersection of sky, sea, and sound. And it's great to talk to you. Now I'm here in my studio working on new stuff. And yeah, happy to talk to you. Oh, that's great. Yeah, actually, I recently took a trip down to Mexico with this German, yeah, yeah with a German dude who works on LED displays for events and stuff like that. And I, I kind of reminded me of the rad global perspective I've always found you Europeans, particularly Germans, tend to have. By the way, he was my roommate, so it was totally COVID friendly and everything going on. He was, you know, we were in the same COVID bubble already. Um, but I actually brought my synthesizer while I was there and, and managed to do some, some random recordings. And I sort of found that being in a new setting actually brought out new musical results. 
and I, I was kind of wondering if um, you prefer to record at home or if you ever sort of go out on the road and bring some sense with you and mess around elsewhere for positive uh, results sure, yourself. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, usually um, it really depends. Now at the moment I'm obviously not touring, so I'm, I'm here at home and produce my music here. But yeah, usually when I'm touring I have my setup with me. I, I also use on stage like a drum machine and another drum machine and a synthesizer and not lead. So when I'm in a hotel or something, I just, uh, yeah, sometimes I put it on when I have an off day or something and play around and uh, some really good ideas uh, uh, was were showing up during that. And also, you know, um, and I also have another studio in a small, uh, in a small cabin outside of my town here. So sometimes I go there and I also work there. That sounds pretty idyllic. That sounds like yeah, a dream. Yeah, like a smaller setup, you know, simple stuff, but just to catch some ideas sometimes and get inspired by the nature around there. What do you think is an example of you know one of your older tracks or maybe one of the newer ones that you that you've actually used that kind of process on? Um, yeah, on the latest album. I would say Luz is something I made on tour because it was the time when I was last year, I was touring in Scandinavia and I met the, a friend of mine. She's called Menke, she's a singer. And yeah, basically I was touring, but then I had, I had a few days, uh, I stopped in Stockholm and I met her and she has a studio there, a little bit out of the town, also in a beautiful place. And we were just jamming and we came up with the song, Luz. So that was the first idea or the first uh, thing I made for the new album. And it was just a rough sketch, like 30 seconds. But back home, I, I worked that out for yeah, as a proper song. So I would say yeah, that's something I made on tour, basically. Oh, that's awesome. What's it like living there? Uh, you live in the Dars Peninsula, right? Yeah, right. Uh, that's it's just uh, 300 meters to the sea from here. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know the waves aren't very big actually up there from my research, but was able to actually find some evidence of surfing in the region. I have a little bit of a surf vibe to my podcast. How do you think the setting has influenced your own electronic soundscape? I would say it made it possible. Actually, I never really thought about it in the beginning but uh, when I started making this kind of music I was just uh, going to the forest many times and I was at some point I was taking photos but then I was also recording sounds and also at that time I got into music production but it was uh, different I used to do like down tempo or piano stuff and I never really yeah I was not so much into dance music, I would say. But then I recorded those sounds and somehow I got inspired to to work out kind of dance, electronic, melodic stuff with these kind of sounds. And yeah, so basically going out there and capturing these moments made this kind of music possible for me. So I kind of need, need this nature or I don't know how to say it, but this kind of, this environment to make my music. Actually, I wanted to touch on that a little bit just because I heard that you, you know, you like your gallivanting in the forest and whatnot, and that it's a, you know, key ingredient for you sometimes. But like, yeah. 
let's be honest, you know, a lot of musicians and producers struggle to kickstart their own creative process on the day-to-day basis, and I'm sure they can relate. Particularly like now during the coronavirus crisis when everyone's sort of locked up in their rooms and then in you know Europe and we're hearing about other places that are getting re-locked up in their rooms for you know for the sake of everyone else um, and then it can kind of you know be hard to, to, to really jumpstart that fluid process what do you think that you'd say you were focused on when you're out there I mean are you trying to visualize the day ahead or are you basically attempting to put everything out of your mind at that point um, what have you found works best? It's really difficult to put that in words because that's kind of a, some kind of special mood for me or feeling. I also get that when I watch a really inspiring movie or also music I really that really touches me in that moment. And then I feel like, okay, I want to create something from that. I'm also painting and it's the same thing. So if there's something that really touches me inside, I want to express that kind of that feeling in a way and yeah basically music was the first the first method I kind of developed to make that possible for me but I would say it's like hmm yeah it's really difficult to say you have to find a good starting point and yeah, a good like a like you need know your tools of course and but also you need just to follow your heart in a way like keep doing what you love and don't yeah I mean in the beginning many people were saying yeah this is not working as dance music people cannot dance to this kind of stuff it's too slow it's not like not pushing (laughs) really Uh, and um, yeah I remember playing my first live shows people were some people were confused because of this kind of sound but now it's very popular and everybody can yeah many people can relate to that stuff so um, yeah, just follow what you feel like and say that's the best thing. Maybe it takes such a sensitive guy to make such amazing emotive music. And here's an example that I think you'll like. We gotta play it. It's Christian Loeffler with Luce featuring Minke. We got part two of our interview on the way. So peaceful at night.
Christian Loeffler. The O, by the way, has the umlaut on it. The two dots, you know. And anyways, the song is called Loose. L-Y-S. Featuring Mickey. Here's another one. Which somehow makes me think of driving around for a lift in the Irvine area. It's a pretty basic track, but I don't know why. I just, for some reason, I just don't get sick of that uh, mainline mid-range synth progression. It's called Fair Play with an H. Reach. California in the middle of the night as I was making my reconnaissance missions along the coast through Santa Cruz, the Bay Area, and up to Sonoma County. And I love how it's like positive but dark has a gesture quality to it. It's triumphant too. So this is where they speaking to the title happiness. So this is where we're speaking to the title of happiness. So this is where we're speaking to the 
in the time of happiness? Is this a joke? Or will we look back on it as a time of happiness for one reason or another, you know? Trying to make COVID a time of happiness, I guess. Which is a huge contrast from the early days of the pandemic when there was so much straight up fear and uncertainty. Kids entertained every day, so we had three three jobs basically. And the waves often suck down in LA if the beaches were open. Hit the waves in El Porto. It was two to four, supposedly 14 second period. I just couldn't believe how how much the wind had picked up. If you know anything about surfing, lots of wind ruins the waves. Music often kept me going. Flip on limbic frequencies, radio. I became reliant on another type of shredding. Park my car. Carving up the streets. Grab my longboard. Of North Redondo. Cruise around the block a little bit. I mean, it's mostly deserted streets, although there goes a car right now. So I definitely related to the cranberry guzzling G. Shout out to Dogface. Talk about happiness. You gotta just love this beat. I watched this really cool face-to-face documentary about that pop-punk group, and I got inspired to do this remix of a remix mixed with a remix. It's face-to-face, I won't lie down, Frequency Horizons, Mortal Kombat, Spoken Mashup. I got my lavender mint candle, the eucalyptus variety, a notebook, synthesizer,
Encore with Earth. All right, let's head back to Mexico. Empty bars, semi-bustling streets, and desperate prostitutes. Here I was, back in Mexico, with my German roommate Sebastian, for some follow-up dental work. I didn't bother with the board this time, because the surf was too small, so instead we had more time to interact with locals, at a safe social distance for the most part, and ponder recent American foreign policy moves. For the past four years, all we've heard from the White House is how Mexicans want nothing more than to escape across the border into the United States. But down there in Baja California Norte, I noticed how people felt safer in some ways, coronavirus-wise anyways, there than if they were just a few miles to the north, deep in a culture all too infiltrated with medical science skeptics. For example, we met Teresita Estrada at an outdoor cafe wearing her favorite colors, burgundy and navy blue, complete with a cowboy hat as a sprinkler watered the park across the street. She'd moved back to Mexico after 30 years in Washington state. After all, the economic allure of America has dissolved. Back to, uh, here, because the Tijuana. The thing is that, you know, over there is getting very expensive, everything. There is not that much jobs over there. Now Mexicans are scared they'll get COVID-19 if they stay in the U.S. Much safer to remain on their side of the border. It was a big theme of our journey. People more intrigued by the possibility of visiting our homelands, like Germany and Canada. The Mexicans don't even want to live in America because there's so much coronavirus. Trying to find a way over or through or under the admittedly imposing rust-colored see-through edifice that serves as some of the few miles of wall the denier-in-chief was able to get built. According to US figures, Donald Trump was able to construct around 400 miles of his wall. Of course, most of it simply replaced old barriers, and only nine miles or so covers new ground. But in Tijuana, at least, it gave the impression of significant border security. It sure was interesting to me to hear how, instead of inspiring confidence about a supposed ascendant American dynasty, the wall reminded Sebastian about growing up under the specter of the fallen Berlin Wall. Here we are driving along the Ribbony Road, away from the ocean towards downtown TJ, with a pair of parallel walls to our left. I thought it was pretty revealing that, to him, instead of representing the strength of the nation-state to the north, the wall drew more comparisons with the misguided tactics of a failed isolationist superpower, one willing to rip families apart for ideological reasons. And the wall looked like that? Or had the same kind of feel, I guess, right? Yeah, it's, you know, because of this, um, this zone in the middle that's, that's kept the country So it looks very similar to... But our wall in Germany was all concrete. This beast is metal. Ironically for us, during our forays south of the border, it wasn't the American security officials who gave us a hard time. And I swear one lady was practically flirting with us. It was the Mexicans. And as we were just about to leave, municipal Tijuana police caught us swerving to miss an ambulance line at the last minute and started bearing down hard. Speaking of which, we've got Dillinger, Hard Noise, the break remix on in the background. They pulled us over, made Sebastian get out of the car, and I decided to start filming the encounter. The police duo didn't seem to speak a word of English. I thought things were gonna get really out of hand when one of the officers noticed my camera. Marched right over 
began demanding to see some government-issued ID card that I supposedly had to have. See, see periodista. Periodista. No, no. Me estás diciendo que eres periodista. Identificate como... Aquí está mi nombre, mira. Of course, I didn't have anything like that, but I did have this cheesy certificate from the dental office that proved I'd gone through the Washington dental program successfully. That actually seemed to do the trick. They threatened us with some kind of fine, although it wasn't really clear what they were talking about. And in the end, when they didn't find any drugs in our car, possibly because they knew they were being reported, they let us go without collecting any money, and we headed straight to the border. Despite that incident, which ended up feeling like a near shakedown, we still couldn't help but be thrilled overall by our casual Mexico excursions. Some of the young street performers were super talented. It totally was our fault for not noticing the emergency lane sooner. And to be honest, it was because we were distracted by the crappy Volkswagen navigation system in Sebastian's car. The um, Mexican uh, police pulled me over. He didn't give me a ticket. Is there already here, so I don't know. Yeah, nothing yeah. you know about. Like maybe I should contact no. Tijuana police or something. Okay. Thank you, officer. Yeah. It's kind of sad you. to leave Mexico behind. You're trying to come up with any excuse to stay in Mexico, eh? I'm sure I'll get back there one day. Exactly. Look, there's real issues. We don't really know what's going on. They want to attract all carbon and tax it. Now let's return to our interview with Christian Loeffler, a DJ who's no stranger to Mexico and has the adoring fans to prove it. I actually decided to use a this fantastic blue and green kind of liquidy painting from an incredible British artist named uh, Nancy Wood as the cover art for this episode. The reason is because, yeah, in a, a weird way, I sort of felt like she had managed to express in that painting the intersectional kind of wash of pigments. Uh, the feeling was similar to what I was trying to put out uh, on this podcast as a whole. Um, I, I recently learned that you're quite into painting yourself and it was even a big part of creating the tracks on the Lease album, um, which by the way, turns out means list in Afrikaans, FYI. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's a little Google Translate that I found that out. Um, how do you find translating ideas through different mediums helps make a better dance, music, or experimental ambient track in the end? Like, like how does it work, do you think? You mean how you transpose this? Like, I've heard that you maybe use painting as part of your process of creating the tracks. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of painting first and then drawing inspiration from those paintings to put it into an actual loop or a track or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does that help focus what you're trying to do with the idea? Yeah, especially for that recent album, I, I had to find a strategy and this really worked for me because at that time I was heavily touring and coming back home sitting in the studio I was not really feeling to make any music so um, I, I had to find something I mean there was still something I want to do and I got all this energy from from good shows and good gigs but I couldn't really put that into music somehow so I got back into painting because actually I was studying art and painting before I started playing shows and I kind of stopped it 
and then because there was no time so but yeah getting back into this really helped me to get inspired again for music because i could yeah just let out everything and i did a few paintings like five or six and many sketches and there was some kind of moment i feel really inspired for music again and that's why I also called the album Lewis and I took took the paintings as, as the artwork. What does that mean, Lise? What, I looked it up and it just seems like it's maybe a girl's name or something. It's it's actually Danish, meets light, light. I thought it might mean light. I actually did, but every time I go, like I, I did the hit the translate, it just translated it. I guess there's a lot of girls named light maybe, but um, that's what, like, I guess light was, you were really inspired by the changing lights on you know in the trees or what was it yeah also like i mean with painting it's like everything is about light in a way like the, when the light changes in the studio the painting looks very different in the morning during the day and uh, during night sometimes you see det details you can see during the day and i feel like oh i want to go into at this direction a little bit more and then you change the work on the painting during the night and it looks very different in the morning and it Somehow it's the same thing with the music. It really depends on your mood and on the how you feel and also on the time when you listen to music. Sometimes it really touches you, sometimes you feel like yeah, you don't really feel it. And so, so I think everything is about light, what, what we see in our world and um, yeah, what comes to focus and what not. And uh, in the end, <laughs> it's all about that. It's so funny because I, I, I'm not lying to you, like the first thing that happened when I woke up this morning, it's way colder up here in Northern California than it was in Southern California, which is great because it actually allows me to wake up early and like, uh, you know, you, you get that fresh, that fresh morning air. And then I looked up for the first time um, and you could kind of see like outside here, like there's these giant like redwoods and whatever these other like enormous trees are. Um, and, you know, because they're so tall, you could kind of see the light starting to creep down the trees as the like as the sun came up. Yeah, and um, I was like, "Wow, that's interesting," because I'm never usually up at that time because of COVID. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are sleeping in these days. Um, but it was like it was it was super inspiring. And um, and then there was a little like bird that like jumped on the like carport, you know, like next to it. And I was like, "Okay, today's gonna be a good day," you know. <laughs> And it actually kind of like relates a little bit, that same same idea, it relates a little bit to surfing. You know, I always try to tie it a little bit back to the surf aspect because, you know, I mean, frequencies are frequencies at the end of the day, whether you're talking about light frequencies or the way that those, you know, light frequencies interact with the wave frequencies. And uh, it's so funny how like at the end of the day, like, you know, the way like that the, the whole atmosphere when you're out there in the waves trying to catch one or, or failing to catch one or whatever the case may be, how just the fact of the light dropping down and maybe, you know, the, you know, the, the winds kind of picking up or dying down or whatever, how even the waves can like suddenly change, like as the light drops and it, it just things can change on a dime. Um, and I guess I, I, I would like to ask, um, you know, for you, how do you create those mood changes within the song itself? Because you have like your songs, like you basically, uh, unlike a just you know a pop punk band where it's very straightforward, you know the, the four chords and whatever. 
with your music that you can kind of go on a journey in a single track. I was wondering how do you construct that kind of a, a, a change that might reflect the sort of the way the light changes over the course of your track. I've noticed you do that sometimes. I think that also comes from from that period when I started making music because I was always doing many different styles. Like I said before, drum bass and down tempo, but then also hip hop and indie stuff. I also had a folk music project with a friend of mine and I kind of wanted to mix everything into one project. Obviously that's not working totally, but um, sometimes I feel like, yeah, that's nice to have an ambient pa passage now and then going back into more up-tempo beats maybe. So I maybe I put sometimes too many ideas into one piece, but that's, I really like the idea to make a complete change within the song and then come back and yeah, just just to um, yeah try out something new and also yeah I don't know it's it's really something it's something I'm jamming jamming a lot and also I, I try a few new things sometimes I use a different software also or I get a new synth from a, from a friend I don't really know and I just start jamming and playing around and then by accident you find out new sounds or new methods you never really tried before and that's kind of inspiring so yeah that's also part of my process people people love to say like oh this is too complex oh there's too many ideas here oh this is three songs in one maybe just to me but i, I imagine that happens to other people as well yeah i don't buy into that like honestly like i i mean like i always go back to boards of canada like you know if they're able to transition between complex thought patterns as short of a song as they want or as long as a song as they want as long as it's you know telling a story or creating an idea i think that's good because i think it goes back to like the old school guys like beethoven for example you know all those complex you know songs they went through whole like patterns and areas and whatever they're called like the, the different overtures and whatnot i mean and I, I think that's so cool about what you chose to do which is uh your your, your work you did there that sort of um, delves into, you know, Beethoven's legacy. I was just wondering if you could kind of just just briefly say why you chose to do that and, and what you were most pleased about from the results that came out of it. Yeah, so basically the label approached me in the beginning and they were like, yeah, we have this shellac recording, this really old recordings. And, and I was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. I want to hear that because it's like really special way they did the recording back then and it's like almost yeah it's like 100 years old and um, I put that into my computer and I never really I mean I used to listen to some classical music but more like contemporary stuff or soundtracks or something like that not really the really old stuff the original and even with this original old recordings it was much more different and there's there's so much going on in these pieces and it's really you realize how simple our music is now because there's so many themes and different melodies and everything is coming together then it's breaking out and coming back in a different way and I was really going into these recordings and was it at first I really had to analyze it for me and to to understand it, I mean, at least if you, for like 50%, I don't know. And um, yeah, I really mm, was touched by, by a few moments and 
I cut that out and tried to to rework it and um, it was a very inspiring work. I was happy to to make this this project and work on this project. It's it's a tough time that we're all going through right now. I mean, globally, it's interesting. We're going like globally, we're actually doing something together. Unfortunately, which is dealing with uh, you know a pandemic. Um, how have you been dealing with this whole situation? And and like, are there any artists that have been helping inspire you through this process? I mean, any books you've been reading that uh, you want to share with us uh, that uh, you know have helped helped you kind of pass the time or you know just just deal with it. Yeah, I mean that's 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 true. Yeah, I mean I'm in contact with uh, many friends. I usually met on I usually meet on tour, and now everybody's at home and we're just chatting. What are you doing? Oh, I just watched this movie, or uh, yeah, it's really. It's, I, I just recently spoke to a friend, and he was, he uh, there was no time to make music for him for the last few years. He was just touring. And now he made like, I don't know, three albums and I was like, wow, how is that possible? Yeah, I mean, I'm just in the studio and I feel so inspired at the moment. There's so much time and can I have a listen? I was asking and then, uh, yeah, he sent me over the stuff. It's totally different music, so many different genres and very interesting and inspiring. Um, yeah, I mean, of course. I'm still looking. Would you, could you give us three na names of two or three like artists that you are drawing inspiration from these days that would, would be worth checking out? Like what are, what are a few, uh, you know, acts that you've kind of particularly enjoyed listening to their music of in the last several months? Oh yeah. I mean, in the last months I was basically listening to the classical music due to this project, but I really got into Chopin and, uh, during that time I was, uh, I also reworked one of his pieces. And I mean, I never realized before I knew a few songs or pieces, um, but when I got more in touch with that, I realized how ahead of, of, of uh, its time it was. Really, really interesting. And um, yeah, I also was listening to a lot of um, the last Olafur Arnolds album lately. What is his I name? Think, yeah, it's just Olafur Arnolds, the Icelandic. Pianist. Oh, cool! And then uh, Ryan Hemsworth. I think he's from from Canada. And then yeah, like all, like a lot of. I'm just I'm just uh, scrolling through my Spotify list. I found, yeah, <laughs> I found so much interesting music lately. Um, yeah, like Max Richter or William Basinski, for example. I really like like ambient stuff and Clark, obviously. Yeah, I, I actually hadn't heard of Clark until um, until I was like, you know, reading up on your bio and stuff like that. So I'll have to check ah, out okay. Clark. And uh, yeah, may maybe in the future we can get you to do a guest playlist, you know, down the road in a future <laughs> yeah, episode sure. or something like that. Yeah, um, it would be great. Yeah, I guess finally I was just going to wonder, like, what are you looking forward to in the future? Um, you know, are you able to start touring in certain Eastern European places or like, you know, or are you just kind of sit it out for a while or what, what are you what are you hoping for the days ahead? Yeah, I mean, I just I just posted on Instagram uh, a date for London, but that's uh, for uh, 2021. So I think for this year, there's no no touring. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just uh, happy that I finished the, the Beethoven record now and the artwork is done. And yeah, I hope touring will be possible next year. But I guess it won't be before spring. So um, I'm looking into remixes 
at the moment. Like I, I want to rework my own a lot, a little bit of my own tracks from Luz. I asked many friends actually to to work on remixes, and I guess that's the project for the future. We're gonna put out a remix album. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I have to ask you one more question. I forgot. I almost forgot this for a second. How do you how do you feel about how the the, the Nathan Fake remix turned out? It, it's very Nathan Fake and Christian Loeffler. Like you really can hear both influences. Yeah. What, how do you, how did you feel when you got that back? I was surprised actually. At first, I was like, "Wow, it's so long." That's crazy. It's like a, it's like an EP or something, and then, yeah. It was also a dream coming true because also when when I started making electronic music, I was chatting with him on MySpace like I don't know 15 years ago or something, and he was really inspiring me at that time. So I was very happy that he said yes. He wanted to remix one of my pieces, and then I was like, wow, that's amazing, and it's it's. It, I mean, it's so long that the, the track, but it feels like three minutes. Really cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I actually agree with that, you know. But um, uh, yeah. So I, I was just uh, want to thank you for joining us um, on the first Dublab installment here, um, my guest episode for Dublab Radio, right here at the intersection of Sky, Sea, and Sound. Thanks so much for having me, Drew. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Bye. That was fun. Bye. Thank you. That's just a little taste of Raw featuring Mona, the Nathan Fake short edit by Christian Loeffler. But now we're gonna dial it down and play this amazing Roikasop remix of Kings of Convenience. I don't know what I can save you from. Called me after midnight, must have been three years since we last spoke. I slowly tried to bring back the image of your face from the memory so Tried so hard to follow, but didn't catch a hawthorn What had gone wrong? Said I don't know what I can save you from I don't know what I can save you from
right, that was Kings of Convenience. I don't know what I can save you from. The Reichsop remix. Which I actually discovered through the reposting tendencies of the Reddit machine. This time, pure gold. And this is the most naked track that you're probably ever going to hear. It's Laura Veers, Magnetized. Slain by your zirconium smile, I was slain by your olivine eye. I was lying in piles Hoping shovels would cast me Furnaces burn everlasting Black tattoos of you onto me Furnaces burn everlasting Black tattoos Burn, brand my memory Black Tattoo of you Wash me with your mouth Brackish bright water from your eyes A homing pigeon fly To hover by your window white and shy Homing pigeon fly To hover by Gather what they found. Ghosts now we can struggle where we can struggle with white spider stars coming down. That was Laura Veers magnetized. And sorry to say, we're nearing the end of our run this time, but we couldn't leave you without one last dip in our future. Some NorCal pre-surf thoughts. Setamagues after the flood. So it's election day today in the US. Here, I pulled off the side of the road just north of Santa Cruz. Four Mile Beach is just, I don't know, half a mile towards the ocean down some dusty path, I assume. But there's like probably 50 to 100 cars parked in two different spots, three different spots, I guess, along the road here. And I'm in the middle of getting changed because I'm about to try my first waves as a Santa Cruz resident. Supposedly it's like three to four feet building towards the end of the day. And this could be epic. 
This is the beginning of the next phase of the rest of my life. I uh, had a pretty good day so far, including having a bite to eat at a crepe place with this uh, one roommate of mine who introduced me to one of her friends. Uh, it seemed pretty cool. They have an awesome cool house too. It's kind of like an old church that's been converted into kind of a party space or I guess COVID-19 safe haven at this point. There's a bumblebee, something I haven't seen in a long time. Just chilling there by the side of the road here. And hopefully it's dead and not about to sting me. I'm headed out to go for a surf and hopefully I will be accepted amongst the community and uh, not ostracized right off the hop. So let's play it, play it cool. First waves in Santa Cruz. Have a good one, man. Beautiful yellow board that you guys got. Pretty much the same color as the bumblebee. Got a nice little wave and uh, like a physical hand wave. Now it's time to catch some actual waves. Peace. so so much for partaking in our frequency horizon dub lab guest session if you liked it please let them know over at station hq because it'd be rad to get to do this again sometime you can always find us on our socials or actually check out our youtube as well just search frequency horizon thanks to galleria dental for letting me record the drill noise thanks to christian loffler for the creative insights thanks to nancy wood for the cover art Thanks to William for the photo of the flyer about Dylan. And thanks to Sebastian for staying calm under pressure down in Mexico. This is Drew Penner of the Frequency Horizon signing out. And just remember, you never know what frequencies are about to emerge over your own horizons. So stay tuned. <laughs>